hard to find your glasses when you don't have your glasses. <laughs> but uh, now I can see you. I like looking at people when I speak to them. I'm not one of those that looks in the sky. You know? I want to see you eyeball to eyeball. Because I care about you and I like people. I believe that God is in the people business. And I believe that we are all part of a community. And uh, I just appreciate this church. It holds a special place. As I said, those who weren't here, if you were here, you helped me get to the place where I needed to get to to progress. And that can't always be done by oneself. Sometimes oneself, there's stuff coming on. And remember that. Again, you come, a stranger comes here, maybe from out of town, something. You have no idea what perhaps is going on, but as you give in yourself in the worship and glory of God, God is moving. Look even today. See how that worked today? The spirit, the songs, and people feel a magnet coming up here. That's not just like flip a coin, I'm going to come. That's a pooling of the Lord drawing us into that place because he wants to touch us. And so I, I appreciate the time I was here and all of you that had a part, you didn't really know me, but you even smiled at me and been nice. And Brother Shostrand is over the top uh, in taking care of me. And I am, I'm like almost feel bad. Like uh, he makes me want to eat everything and all that. And he goes over the top and I, I appreciate that spirit. He actually helped me and brought me to understand sometimes when you're raised a certain in a certain environment you forget really that's not always the way it should be there should be maybe a little bit more of that kindness and love and I have tried to uh, repay by being that that's how you repay people is imitate them and and share their their persona and their thoughts to others and so here we are so here we are tonight uh, he said I had a couple hours but I'm only gonna take not that much so already you can be happy. But I do believe God wants to speak to us. I believe we've already felt a little move of God. I, I believe you here that came, that God isn't like errant or he's going to go home because there's not enough people. I, I believe it's perfect for the time. I actually knew when I took Uber, nobody could take me to the airport, and Jesus was my Uber driver. You know, it's Jesus in Spanish, but... They said, your Uber driver's Jesus. So I'm like, great. So it was a good, good way to start the trip. Uh, I felt the favor of the Lord. And again, I appreciate this. I was supposed to come a few weeks earlier and then my feet thing. And God knew that this would be a refreshing and help me again. So if you'd like to stand for the word of the Lord, and if, of course, health doesn't allow that, we're not going to get up and drag you here. Nehemiah 6, 10 to 14, and I appreciate always the people that do, does the scriptures and all that. It's not easy keeping up with, especially like guys like me that get lost and go all over the place and skip scriptures. And so we appreciate the work that he does. Great book in Nehemiah. Nehemiah is doing the will of God, the work of God, and he is talking about his experience. Uh, he's at a place, and so let's pick up here. Verse 10, afterward, this is Nehemiah, I came into the house of Shemiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Methabil, thank God for the new names of Andrew, George, Sam, who was shut up, and he said, let us meet together in the house of God, 
within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come to slay thee. Hey, in the night they will come to slay thee. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And then verse 12, And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report that they might reproach me. My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works and on the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. And I am taking a kind of a title. It's not really stealing. I didn't get his permission, but I'm sure he, if he knew me, he would let me use it. His name is a singer, Zach, Zach, some, Zach Williams, I believe. And the title of my message tonight is Fear is a Liar. Want to say that with me? Fear is a liar. Oh, that was good. One more time. All right, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Lord Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We find here in the book of Nehemiah that God has been doing a great work with Nehemiah under his leadership, and he has been blessed, and the people have seen the burden in the heart of Nehemiah, and they have worked hard. They have already, at this point, finished building the wall, but there are still the gates of the city, which are very important, and also just the strengthening of the people of God. And Nehemiah is far at the task. However, during this ordeal and this work, and any time you work for God, the enemy is trying to stop it. The enemy always actually uses the same tactics, and I, I know sometimes we're still like overtaken by surprise, but you should never be surprised by the way that the enemy works. And when this stuff is happening in your life, you know it is not God because God doesn't use those matters. And so we find the scene that the first thing the enemy tries to do is compromise. He tries to weaken the message that God is wanting to do. Maybe God is talking to you to talk to somebody else. Maybe God is wanting you to be part of a ministry. And, and immediately you hear, well, maybe I'll just give the money and I'll, you know. But that, that's not God. God's not going to say just do this but not this. God doesn't compromise. When God's calling you to do it, he's calling you to do that because he knows you can do that. And he's got a plan for you. But the enemy always tries to break it down, get you thinking, let's think about it, let's talk, just compromise, do this, but not this. The second thing that he began to use against Nehemiah was slander. You know, criticize, say something bad. And we live in a time when uh, it, it's very common now, especially, I don't know if there are any sports fans, I'm a sport guy. And, but I don't like the way that they talk trash to one another. They start slandering their mom. They don't know their mom. Slandering their heritage. Slandering their character. Because they're trying to get and needle them till they kind of get a little nervous and they get off their game a little bit. That's what the enemy tries to do to you. 
You need to deflect criticism from anybody because anybody that slanders is not of God. And we've got to be careful ourselves not to get involved and be used of the devil like Peter was and slander other people or slander the church. We should never slander anybody in the church or the pastor or the church because that's of the enemy. That's what the enemy does is criticize and tear down and try to make other people feel devalued and try to take away their esteem and their worth. And you just need to understand if that comes to you, that is not of God. Because God values you, and God loves you, and God has died for you, and he you are very precious in the sights. But the third thing that happens, and we live in a society that is full of anxiety and fear. And fear is of the enemy. God isn't giving you fear. God isn't going to give something on you that you can't do. God knows who you are. God understands where you've been. And yet he calls us. His love has reached to us. His grace has extended to us. He has forgiven us of our sins. He has dealt with us knowing our failures and knowing what we were. Maybe even knowing, of course, what we're going to do. I mean, the guy, Jesus, did have a disciple named Judas. Oh, it wasn't like, oh, surprise. Even scripture declared there'd be one. But he still called him. And so we got to understand that fear is a liar. Yeah. I'm surprised even I teach teens, as you know. I love that job. Gives, gets me excited. And especially the heart gets beating when they almost crash. But it keeps me young. And, and so it is that... I understand that today I've been doing teaching driving for a long time, maybe over 20 years. And it's amazing the generational change that is happening even in our youth. They are full of anxiety. They are coming to the car like scared. The moms are holding their hands like it's going to be okay, honey, because the society, and, and they're, they think they're going to crash. I don't know, maybe they look at me and they're scared, but whatever. They, they're just full of anxiety. And that's not the way many of us was when we were young. We were like, I can't wait. I want to drive at 14 or 12 or whatever, 10. But now, and when they get in the car, they, some of them, not all of them, of course, and it's kind of frustrating because I'm saying, well, you got to press the gas if we want to go. And I'm waiting and we're not going anywhere. And, and, and they're, they're trying to press the gas, but it, you know, finally I say, if the car isn't moving, you gotta press harder. Of course, you gotta be also nicer now. You know, you can't like, press the gas. It's okay, you're doing all right. Just press a little bit more. You know, like this, I even have to show them, press that pedal. Oh, I'm afraid it's going to go too fast. I got a brake on my side. You're never going to go too fast. And in about three weeks, I'm going to have to tell you to slow down. But right now, let's press the gas. And so it is that actually there's so many people that is living life and they're afraid to press the gas. They're afraid to step out. They're afraid, you know, what's the first thing you think? Oh, we want everybody to witness. Well, you know, I'm shy. Like if you say, would you come to church, that they would hit you or they would reject you. That's really the thing is rejection, right? That's the big thing. Nobody wants to feel rejected. And now lots of people are rejected, but they feed fear. They're feeding fear in the media. They're feeding fear. That, 
the news media is so, I mean, when we grew up, nobody knew what was going on in another state. But you know what's going on in Kumbutu across the world and somebody could do something. And so here we are. Am I going to get shot? Am I going to be okay? And there are people that do not get out of their house because of fear. You get the news. You got cancer. You get the news. This is going to happen. Fear immediately. First thing that comes to you is because we're in that society and it's growing. And so here is a prophet, but he is somehow sold out that he has allowed some other thing to become more important to him than God, and he's hired out. He's taken money from the enemy and he's trying to trick Nehemiah to get him in a state of fear. And so he plays out this plot and he says, Nehemiah, let's meet at the temple, the place, the godly place, right? Let's go there. And when he gets there, he says, you know, we got to lock the doors. You know, it'd be like us saying, let's lock the doors of the church so nobody comes in or we don't want any visitors. We got enough. We know who's here. Lock the doors. Well, that kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? But he, he feels something and he's like, well, the enemy's after us. And I know he's, he wants to kill me and he wants to kill you too. And Nehemiah's like, dude, what, what, what's this talk? He already recognizes that if you're called of God and you're used to God, you don't have to fear the enemy. You don't really have to fear life because God is the greatest power of all because he is all power. If anything happens, it's like Job. Well, God, he understood that things may come, but in the end, God is going to have the say. In the end, God is going to be in control. And so we have faith in that. That's where that faith works. And we believe that. And that faith fights the fear, that, that quick fear. And so he's there. And then Nehemiah understands that. And he understands his identity. And he says, well, who, who am I that I should flee? Are you kidding me? What are you talking about locking the doors? I got a work to do. I'm not staying in this house. I'm not being succumbed to fear. I, you know what? Fear is a liar. And so he attacks our identity and he tries to... We, we live in a world of where people are low self-esteem and, and we're all convinced we're no good many times. And, and people that come in the church often when they have history, maybe they came from a life of drugs or alcohol or sin, and they come in and there's all you righteous elders, but they don't know our story when we were young. But they, they believe that we're the angels of God. And they're like, I'll never be like that. And all this condemnation comes and all this guilt comes and maybe even to those who are older and you blew, you blow it, you did wrong. And what's the first thing? I'll never, I shouldn't even go to church. Worst thing you can do when you mess up is stay home. The best thing you can do is come to church. 
and raise your hands and ask God to forgive you. The best thing you can do, hey, brethren, I need some help. Can you pray with me? I'm struggling against something. You don't have to tell them all the details, but you need to understand you are part when you come into the kingdom of God. We are born into the kingdom of God. It is not a, when you're born in the family, the baby doesn't say, where's mom? Where's dad? They're automatically going to take care of them because they, they're just a baby, and that's just the way of babies. And so we need to understand and come to terms and say, God, I, I don't want to fear because fear is a liar. This song kind of describes fear. It's, it expresses very good. He will take your breath. He will step you in your, stop you in your steps. He will rob your rest, sleepless nights, because you're worried about what's going to happen. We worry, worry. Believe me, I have a mom that's a worry. It's like, Mom, I'm okay. I'm in Jesus. Take a break. But then she, sometimes we do this excuse. Well, that's just who I am. No, no, you don't have to be that. You're choosing to be that. You can control those emotions. You can give those emotions to the Lord. You can pray and the peace of God will come over you. Amen. You can help the environment by playing some good Christian music, by reading the Word of God or play the Word of God. It's amazing what the Word of God, when it's audio even, what it does. It speaks peace to the room. It speaks against fear. It gives you understanding that God is there. It says the other, he will rob your rest. He will steal your happiness. He he will cast, uh, but we need to cast your fear in the fire because fear is a liar. You need to put that fear, the first thing when it comes on you is give it to the Holy Ghost and let it burn in you and burn up the fear until you do not fear fear. It's not the will of God for you to live in fear and to be anxious. God is the help. He's better than even the medicine. I know we take it all for everything. But I'm telling you, God is more powerful than the doctors. God can calm this mind of yours. God can instill the heart of yours. You can't give in to that fear. You can't let fear rob you of your talents and what you have to give and how you can help others. You're going to say, I rebuke you, fear. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to flee. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to isolate. I'm going to face it. And I'm going to get my brothers and my sisters to help me. <sighs> because God. John 3, I didn't use that scripture. He said, Nicodemus, Verily I say to you, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. What did he say in verse 5? Except you be born again. He cannot enter the kingdom of God of the water and the spirit. You can't overcome fear in yourself. Your carnal man is not able. But when you get into the spiritual kingdom, and that's the first thing Jesus said. What did he say? The kingdom of God is at hand. 
You are not an individual. Again, religion, it is the kingdom. It is a made up of people. It is made of spirit people. It is made of people that are sensitive. It's made of people that pray. I loved it when I watched a couple of these sisters and over here, immediately, like a magnet, the brethren and the sisters come to pray with others. That's how it's supposed to operate. And when we see that, that's the correct way to operate. Oh, I remember one time, I, and it took a lot of pride down mine, and I was struggling, and I was losing it. I don't know if you remember, but you were here, and I said, I need the men of this church to pray with me, because I understood that I just can't do it by myself, and you can't just do it by yourself. You need somebody else to, and don't be ashamed to ask, and don't be afraid to ask, because we all are humans. We all have our weaknesses. We all have stumbled and fell. There's no angels in here tonight yet. But help us understand that we as a family need each other to get through the struggles of our lives. It's not just a place to hear a message. It's a place to encounter a spiritual force that helps us. Oh, help us, Lord. And so... Recently, I found out about heart rhythms. My watch, good old Apple watches. Beep, beep. You got AdFib. What in the world is AdFib? You know, I had to look it up. Oh, your heart is beating irregular. It's every. Actually, I ended up having ab flutter. It was. I just think that's normal for me, but whatever. I'm all over the place sometimes. So I found out that's not good for you because then you have a higher risk of heart attacks. And so I found out that the normal heart rhythm is called a sinus. I don't know, it has nothing to do with your nose, but I guess it has to do with your breathing. And so they're like, yeah, if it keeps up, we may have to shock you. Like, like make your heart stop and see if it goes again. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound too swift for me, but <laughs> I'm just being honest. And guess what? My old enemy comes wrong fear. Right? Man, they're gonna shock you. That's the, you might as well go make sure I did make sure my I had a will or something going on. I'm like, I better write down who I want to speak at my funeral. You're probably involved, Brother Show's friends will be. <laughs> You're younger than me, so I'm sure you'll be there. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. You know how we cry out more when we're afraid and our voices change and our heart, it actually made my heart rhythm probably worse, but so I go in there and I'm just like, oh, we got to take it before you go. I'm like, oh, come on. And they're taking it and they're like, they're almost like frustrated because it's regular. <laughs> we got you all ready. The doctor's on his way. Well, I guess they're, you're going to have to wait a little bit. It's regular. They won't do it if it's regular. Because if they do it it's regular, then you probably are gone. But So I'm waiting, and they say, well, we'll try it again. <laughs> they're like, oops. Like I'm saying, it sounded like they were so upset. Oh. Still regular. We don't know what to do. We got to wait around. We're wasting time. We're, we got other patients, you know. And so finally, they did a third time. And it's regular. I'm just, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look, God delivered me, you know, whatever. Of course, it happened a little later, but it doesn't happen very often. 
give you the meds and whatever. But sometimes I believe there's a Holy Ghost rhythm that flows in us. I believe when you live in the Holy Ghost, there's just that regular. But sometimes, you know, we get out of sync. We're not praying. We're not reading. We're so busy today. Everybody's so busy. I don't know anybody that's not busy. And, and we've got so much to do, and there's never enough hours in the day. And it doesn't matter what you are or who you are, you're busy. <clears throat> I got the teenagers. They got too much to do to take a driving lesson. Like, dude, what do you got to do? You'll do your homework. None of them work or do duties. They're all just where I live anyway. So the thing is, when the Holy Ghost rhythm, that's regular. But when fear comes in, beep, your Holy Ghost rhythm can sometimes get messed up. Oh, man, what happens if I go and it's wrong? What happens? And so sometimes you do need a shock of the Holy Ghost. Right. Sometimes you do need right. to just lose it. <clears throat> Give it all up. Let the tears flow. Oh, boo -hoo. let everything go. Sometimes we, we do need to get desperate. We do need to understand that if I don't get this fear under God, it's going to take over me. It's going to grab me. And then your fear is going to drive you worse and worse condition because it's been proven that fear affects you. But so does the Holy Ghost affect you. And peace, oh, I, I, I want to sing. In fact, I love to sing and I love to jump and stuff because, man, I don't need to go to the gym. I just go to the house of God. I, I just want to give God all my glory because here is where it's going to help me and keep me and save me. And then I got to understand that who I am. Acts 1.8 says you shall receive what? Power. I know we don't have big S's on our chest, but maybe your T-shirt. One time I wanted, the only time I ever wore a Superman T-shirt, I ended up going to the doctor and had to have an EKG. Like, oh, great. I said, my identity's being revealed. Like, I'm sorry. But when the Holy Ghost, and that is in you, you are a super person. Because you have something that other people don't have that are struggling. You have the power and the dynamic of the Holy Ghost. You have the power. What, oh, we have the power to speak Jesus. Oh, I love that song. Oh, Jesus is about healing. I can speak Jesus over my neighbor. I can speak Jesus over my friend. It helps in healing. It helps in economics. It helps in all kinds of struggle. I don't have to do that all. I got a name. I got a spirit. And I know that if I pray and I go, God is going to give me that peace. God is going to kick out that fear. There is no need for us to run away. There is no need for us to do it alone. Help us to understand that fear is a liar. I know it has pants, but they're on fire if they are. Way too much credit. Nehemiah knows who he is. He understands. And so we deal with that in our, our past doesn't determine our present. And sometimes that will come up years later. 
Oh yeah, 50 years ago I called somebody a bad name. What? Yeah, we all have done that. But help us not to have low self-esteem. Well, can you help us in the Sunday school department? No, I'm not a good teacher. I'm not a good this. Can you help me with my child that's crying? No, I don't know how to help babies. Can you help me? No. And some people stay isolated. They don't get involved because of fear. They don't want to be rejected if they fail. They don't want anybody to think they've done something wrong. And it's, you don't really know it, but it's really about self when you think that way. Fear has got you thinking about yourself so much that you're not, you need the love of others and the love of the kingdom to outshine yourself and allow the fears that you have. God gives every one of us a talent. God gives every one of us a strength. God, and, and you know what it is and what you like to do. That's your talent. And if you like to do something, fix cars, help the church to be the church mechanic on the buses. If you like people, then you're great. That's it to the church of God. Help us, Lord, to kick out fear. Help us, Lord, not to live in our homes. Help us, Lord, not to live in our poor me. I'm no good. I'm not that. You are the precious. You are the loved of God. You are, oh, he was thought so much of you that he said, I'm going to die for you. Not very many people out there is going to die for you. But our God said, I'm going to come into flesh. I'm going to give my life because I know what you can be. And I need you to help others understand this message. Don't listen to fear. First John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. That's why you can't sleep. That's why you're restless. That's why you're, you're afraid to volunteer. You're afraid to speak to anybody about Jesus, because you're afraid what they're going to respond he that feareth is not, is, he that feareth is, it has torment and affection. You're not perfected, but when you get so much love for Jesus and you get so much confidence in him and you get so much devotion for him, I can face whatever I need to do. I mean, really, I was the shyest boy in high school. I never talked to a girl. And not very much to boys. It just, I was just so embarrassed. If I open my mouth, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Now I say the wrong thing all the time, and people just laugh. It's okay. <laughs> I never take things personal. I learned not to take things personal. I learned to understand that people are just people like I was. And sometimes you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they're angry. Maybe their life is going a mess and it blurts out you're the, you're the feed of that. You got to understand that that's just the way of people, they don't have Jesus in their life. And I, I, I don't go back and let's go have anger comments and let's go get each other's throat and see who can talk more shame to each other. No, no, no. The thing I do is just keep my peace and pray for them. Uh, but I don't get invaded and I don't get afraid and if they say they're going to beat me up, 
I'm just saying, well, good luck. Like, that's what you want to do, you know? It's amazing when you talk nice back to people, they don't know how to take that. But don't let fear respond. Don't be intimidated. And so here he is, he understands he's a hireling prophet and he's got this fake plan and he understood his identity that he was called to God to get that wall and that gates and that city and that people ready to go where they should be. And he understood that. And so he did it. And so what was the last scripture there I gave you? Is there one, the 15 and 16 in Nehemiah? So the wall was finished in the 25th day of the month. Elu in 52 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that was about saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. <sighs> For they perceive something special about this person there's something special about the people of God that they the work of God was wrought of God and as long as Nehemiah stayed in his place revival continued do you understand we are the bride of Christ we are the sons and daughters of God do you understand? I don't know if you've sensed or seen. I'm sure I've been watching your services. Revival's in process. Yeah. I, everywhere I go, there's revival happening. Everybody I listen to online, there's revival. There's a season that's happening. We're coming to the end of our times. This is not the time to shrink back. This is not the time to let fear bind you up while God is moving. This is the time to be bold. This is the time to not be afraid. This is the time to be sensitive to others. And, and you can sometimes see it on people's face and just ask them a simple question. Can I pray with you? You don't have to go be a preacher. All you have to do is be caring and loving and you can affect the change in their life. And God, if he's speaking to you to do that to somebody, oh Obey that because God knows they're going to respond to you. And so we don't want fear. So we get out of fear. And I'm coming to the end as we stand. As we... <laughs> what? He's done? Yeah. But we're not done. But I'm done messaging. The longer I preach... I kind of quit preaching sermons and I try to preach messages. I don't worry what you think about it. I'm not always perfect. Sometimes I'm better than other times. It's just, you know, I'm just trying to obey what I feel God wants us to hear. And what, as they're playing, I want you to think about your own life. Is there somebody here that you're wrestling with fear. You don't have to raise your hands, but I would, I would say in a big congregation like this, somebody's wrestling with fear. Are you wrestling with who you are? Is somebody in 
he got you convinced that you're really not who you should be or what you should be or what you could be. You're just afraid to share those feelings. I want us to deal with some of this fear. We're going to be a little symbolic. What I want you to do, kind of our closed eyes, but if you have fear, I want you to put those thoughts of what your fear is into your hand, and I want you to close it. We're going to grab some fear tonight, and we're going to throw it at this altar, and we're going to leave without that fear. God doesn't want you to struggle with it. You are so precious. You are so wonderful. And you're here because God put us here. And God is doing that. I don't know if it's a sickness. I don't know if it's about your finances. I don't know if it's about relationships. But I, I, I'm telling you, God is greater than your fear. I'm telling you that that is a lie that you're listening to. And it's not true. Because God you and if you get that love of God in you that love for God is so much greater than the fear that it will cast out that fear in your life and as they begin to sing I'm asking you to bring that fear and I want you to come down here and release it to God would you do that we're not watching we're just all praying oh Lord Jesus I pray, I believe, God, that you want to cast out some fear in lives tonight. Oh, God, help us, Lord, not to be afraid to get rid of that fear. Help us, oh, Lord, to help those that have some fear going on, God. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's our kids. Maybe it's our